Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Nation? We are back again with another episode, and I'm excited about this one. You guys know I'm excited about a lot of episodes, but this one in particular, because it's not often that you get to create vibes in less than 10 minutes before you hit the record button. And for anyone who has a podcast, they can truly understand that. But that's what we just did. And so I'm excited to bring to you this episode with my brother, Mr. Raj Jana. Did I say that right? You said that so well, bro. I don't even need to say my name. I'm going to let you say it, man. I need you around more. Oh, good, my man. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming on. You want to go ahead and do me a favor and say, what's up to Dream Nation? What up, Dream Nation? How y'all doing? Man, it's a pleasure to have you on here. And I've been a fan of your story, like I said, for quite a couple, quite a while now, a couple weeks now, I looked at your story, I've seen the movement that you've had, and I've seen the impact that you've made over the years. And you've been featured in major publications like Success, Entrepreneur, Inc., Forbes, everywhere they really, you can put your story to impact the most people. But I always like to make sure that we can give the proper introduction. And so before you got featured in all these major publications before you became this superhero. And when I think of superheroes, I really think of entrepreneurs. And the reason why is because we're constantly putting on a cape and we're flying around the world trying to solve problems to make it a better place. So before you became this superhero, if we can take it back to when you were just a young boy, tell me, who is Raj Jana? Uh, well, that's a loaded question, but I love that you use superheroes because I've always described entrepreneurs as modern day Avengers, mm. right? Like, and it's just, it's, it's a really powerful avatar to really call yourself into because we all have an Avenger inside of us and we all have Thanks. that thing that we're willing to put on the line and the thing that we're willing to fight for and the values that we embody as a core. And a lot of that did start when I was younger. Um, you know, I grew up, I'm Indian American. Uh, I was born in Boston or in the Boston area, uh, you know, two loving parents. My grandma spent a lot of time with me when I was growing up um, and, uh, you know, grew up just playing every sport, parents pushing me to do well in school and have a great time. And then uh, my dad had an expat assignment, moved to India, lived in India for about four years, which was a life changing experience. You know, it's one thing to be born into a country that has so many different cultures, but then at that pivotal age, go to a country where literally everybody looks the same. And, you know, it was just such a life changing experience for me to experience so much support and love. And there was never me needing to be anyone other than myself. And so I just built this really powerful base of, of self love, of confidence, of, of, of just trust in my own abilities to, to navigate anything. Uh, so I think that I got really lucky just being born into a beautiful family and having been given the opportunities that I had to grow up in an environment where I didn't have to prove myself. Um, and then when I came back to the US, we moved back to Houston, 
back uh, when I was 11. And I've been living in Texas my whole life for the most part. I live in Austin now. Um, moved back to Houston. I was a relentless tennis player. Uh, you know, just picked up sports and I was just trying to be my best at everything. And I think it really came back from that foundation of self-love and that foundation of support that I had growing up. Um, graduated, went to the University of Texas, um, you know, started out petroleum engineering. I uh, did that because I wanted to make my parents happy. And apparently petroleum engineers made a ton of money. And so I was like, well, if I don't know what the hell I want to do, at least I'll make a lot of money and that'll make it a lot easier for me to figure out what I want to do. And so I just got into it, uh, graduated four years later. During my college years, I you know, founded a fraternity at the school, which taught me so much about just guerrilla marketing and rushing kids and learning how to host parties and talk to women and you know the whole thing. I just picked up a very well-rounded set of skills that then ended up serving very much uh, profoundly when I became an entrepreneur. Graduated college and then, um, yeah, I just started working for Chevron. So I got a, a really high paying job in New Orleans right out of school. Hmm. Parents were proud by the books, man. I was crushing it. 22 years old, making six figures, living in New Orleans, like just having all of it at my fingertips, but I was just not happy. Hmm. Um, I don't know why the corporate life just wasn't for me. Um, I didn't feel connected to my work. I felt like somebody else was pulling the strings and telling me when I could do something and when I couldn't do something and what I was allowed to do and how many years I had to wait before my turn. And it was the first time in my life that I just was being told that hard work didn't actually equal success. Right. And that there were factors outside of me that were dictating it. And that just didn't vibe with me for some reason. I just didn't believe in that idea. Like if you are willing to put all of yourself into something, then you should dictate the timeline. It shouldn't be dictated by the world around you. And so that really started a journey of me sort of looking for answers. You know, I read the four hour work week back in 2014, changed my life, made me realize how little I knew about business and life and what was possible and how all of my rules and my ideas of the world were formed by my parents and what they thought was safe and what they believed to be true and good for me. But for the first time, I was like, wow, what is good for me? And it's funny, we we're just talking about... Um, you know, Pat Flynn, I heard an episode on Pat Flynn's podcast around uh, this course that taught people how to start a software company from scratch and how to make some extra money on the side. And I went ahead and bought that course as my first ever investment in internet marketing and online education. And that started a an incredible journey of me trying to have a side hustle. Right. So back in 2014, I really started going down the side hustle route, trying to make money online buying every course I could, reading every book I could. And I was just spending all my time after work doing that. Uh, that course didn't work out. And then I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go to the next one. But I learned a ton. I learned about how to find markets and how to, I chose the wrong market. So I knew what not to do. And I took all that knowledge and I just went and bought the next course for me, which was at the time, how do you launch physical products online? And so I bought this course on Amazon. How do you sell on Amazon? I went and learned how to source products from China, how to, you know, I was taking money out of my 401k to put it into like business expenses because I realized you could get the same write-off. Right. As like, so I was like, wow, this is amazing. So instead of getting a 7% return on my 401k, I get to potentially have a 7,000% return by investing in myself. And that was one of the most important decisions I made because those investments that I made in courses and everything led to me launching JavaPress. Uh, so I bought my course on Amazon, how to sell on products on Amazon in September or June of 2015. 
September of 2015, I ended up launching our first product, which was a manual coffee grinder. Nothing special about it at the time. It was just this coffee grinder I was sourcing from China, putting a label on it, creating a brand out of it and selling it. Got it. And that's what, that's how it started. And you know, that product ended up selling a little bit, got me so excited. Um, but I was still kind of like just dabbling on the side. And then I had a January of 2016, I had a mentor who worked 37 years at the same company. Um, and I was still working full time uh, while I was building the side hustle. I had a mentor who was my cubicle mate, a guy named Jerry Markowitz. He was a geologist. I was a petroleum engineer. We worked on the same part of the fields and at Chevron. And, you know, he was three months away from retirement before he had a heart attack and died. And mm. um, I just remember that experience being the catalyst that made me realize I was living a lie. Like we're all living a lie. We're all waiting for the weekend to be happy. We're all waiting for the next vacation to start having fun. We're all looking forward to retirement, which was in 40 years for me. Like, I mean, it was just like, it was a sobering reminder that like, wow, this guy did everything right. This guy literally played every card right. And he still didn't make it to the promised land. So why the hell do I think that I'm going to be any different? Right. And it was the catalyst for me to make, and I, that's when I really made the decision that I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Like, I don't care what I'm selling. Like I was just selling coffee grinders online. Like we right, didn't have a right, mission. Right. We didn't have a mission. We didn't have a company. We didn't have a culture. I didn't have a passion for the product. I didn't, I was just like, what am I going to sell to get myself out of this job? And I got that relentless drive. And I think the passion then came from me just knowing what I didn't want. Like I, I knew that I knew what I didn't want so bad that, I was so ready to do everything I needed to do to get what I really wanted. And uh, that changed my life, man. So in the next seven months, I woke up at 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., studied copywriting, marketing, like you name it, I was studying it, buying the courses. And then from 5, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., I get off work at 5, 5.30, 6 p.m. to 8, 9 p.m., I would just work on my business. And I did that for seven months straight. And then we ended up breaking like our first million in sales seven months later after I made that decision. Um, Still with the, the coffee grinders? With co just coffee grinders. I was selling over a million. Actually, we were selling like by that December, we were selling about $280,000 a month worth of coffee grinders online. I somehow found a way to just make it work. And I, I learned the system and I started doing it. Um, Did the product evolve? Did you add a piece in there or something that allowed the way? Yeah. So uh, like I was just selling in the beginning, I was just selling whatever it was just like, I was selling a generic product that were our, like, but along the way we made, I hired an industrial designer to go back in and reverse engineer a way to make a patent on the product. And like, but I made all those investments later on. Like I didn't have a patent on anything when we first started, huh. we had our own unique product, but then we, added spins to it along the way. I was just moving so damn fast. Like I just knew what I didn't want. I was like, I need to get out of this job. So I built it to, we did 250 grand a month that December. I was still working my full-time job. So I had this like petroleum engineering salary coming in and I had this now massive influx of cash coming in. Right. Um, and uh, I remember in that point though, I was just not happy. I still wasn't happy. I was just working so much and I made all this money and I was proud of myself and I was paying off all my debt and I was helping my parents and I was just doing all the things that a dutiful son slash guy would do. And um, I just wasn't happy though. Like I, I was just selling whatever the hell I could sell online. And uh, in that moment, I met a mentor, a guy named Yannick Silver, who uh, wrote a book called Evolved Enterprise. And I saw him speak on stage. It was my first ever conference that I had really gone to. And the whole idea was like, you don't have to separate work from your, your life. Like 
you can build a life that has all of it connected and you can do work that makes your soul happy and it nourishes your spirit and you can give back through your work and it doesn't have to be this thing where you make all your money and then you come back like you can live that interconnected life and that was the first time anybody had ever taught me that and then uh, I remember that month this was end of 2016 I spent the whole month just learning from him meditating journaling grat I went down grat I'd started practicing gratitude like all these things I just never even knew about all these practices and uh, in that journey I came up with stay grounded which is now my podcast my, yeah. my our movement our community all over the world uh, this message and this idea of living in the moment and and making the most of the things that matter and initially it started as a tagline at our coffee company and that's how I made my coffee company have meaning it was mm. like stay grounded in the moments that matter through your cup of coffee turn it into right. a ritual that you can look forward to every day grind your coffee by hand make it a practice and that's how it started. And that then changed the, 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 the energy of my company. It was like this, it's just, it turned into this thing that we wanted to help people experience. We want to help you use coffee to live a happier life and mm -hmm. use our products as a vehicle to do that. And that created content. And we started sending out newsletters. And then our sales grew like 800% that year. We just kept growing, 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 growing. Um, and uh, now I, I do a lot of different things. I don't just do that. That's I don't even actually operate my company anymore. Like I have a whole team and, and people that manage that. And I've got six or seven different investments now that I'm a fractional CEO for. And I just come in and I create content on my podcast. And I love talking to incredible human beings like you, like just soul brothers from another mother, like just absolutely. Doing, so like I, I, this is now I'm living my, my dream life and I am and I'm here now creating, investing, giving back and doing everything I can. But man, I started as just a scrappy kid who did who didn't know what he wanted, but knew sure as hell what he didn't want. And that man. was enough to start the party. That there's so much to unpack there. The first thing, and how old are you now? I'm 29. Wow. I love it, man. Cause you're still so young and you could hear the energy. Anybody that's listening or watching right now, there's no denying your energy and it's infectious. And I love it because I always feel like I bring a lot of energy to the table. So when I find somebody that matches yeah, that, baby. I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, this is about to be good. This is about to be super dope. Now, the first thing that I want to jump back to, which really struck a chord with me, and I've heard this before. And I say this a lot too, is fulfillment and achievement do not equate to be in the same thing. And that's what you said. Even before you started that company, when you were working at that W2 job and you first started making six figures and you said you're at Chevron, right? How old were you? Yeah, yeah. So I think the reason why I didn't feel fulfillment in my achievement is because they weren't my goals. Hmm. Getting the six figure job was not, I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it because my parents or society taught me that having money made you happy. So go hmm. do the thing that makes you the money so that you can be happy. But that wasn't my dream. And I don't think we're really ever taught to dream. Like we're not taught to have our own dreams. Like a lot of times people confuse their goals. Like I want a million dollars. Okay, why do you want to be a millionaire? Oh, I want to be a millionaire because I want to buy this thing. Okay, well, why do you want to buy that thing? Oh, because I was told that having that thing is cool. I've never actually right. been in that thing though. I just saw pictures of that car. I saw this house right. or I don't know if I'm actually going to like that. I've just been told that having that is like the life. It's the dream. Right. And so if you, I think all of us, and we are all guilty of this. I was guilty of this. You're probably guilty of this. We all have these dreams and these goals that we start out with and we move so fast in that direction. But 
once you actually go down that journey of uncovering the goal and uncovering the dream, you start to unlayer, like it's, it's like your feelings start to come in, right? Like right. you start to feel either resentment or joy. And like, the more you pay attention to those feelings, I think that's when you start moving away from achievement to fulfillment. Because being it. fulfilled is a feeling. It's not an, an end destination. When you feel fulfilled, like you don't feel achieved. You don't feel like, right? like you don't feel like you feeling achievement can be a part of fulfillment, but fulfillment is actually the feeling of achievement. Right. Right. And so right. like, if you're not having the right achievements or if you're going after the wrong things, you're going to fill yourself up with the wrong emotions. And ultimately all we're really trying to create in our life is joy and happiness. Right. Like at the end of the, at the end of the yellow brick road, like what is it that we all want? We want to live happy lives. We want to have peace. Right. right. We want to have fulfillment. We want to know that we made a difference. And that to me can only happen when you can pay attention and you're paying attention constantly because it does change over time. Like your, your passions, the things that bring you joy change over time. So it's so important as you're building your life to really pay attention to why you're doing what you're doing and what matters most to you. I love and, it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm glad that you tapped into that. And my my, my next question, you kind of already transitioned and segued into this is, does this have to come over time? Or is anyone because it brought me back as you're explaining this, I thought when I was younger, and I was first growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer, right? And a lot of people, they want to maybe go to medical school, they want to be a doctor, and maybe they think that that's their dream. until they get into it, and they figure out how much schooling that it takes, how much required, and then they say, Okay, I don't want to do this. So do you think that there's a way that people can know this up front or do you have to go through the trenches and just like you said just be present and cognizant of what your energy is telling you so i think it's important uh one inaction doesn't help anything so waiting to have all the answers before you take action is never going to actually get you the answers you're seeking mm. because in the process of creation and the process of you expending energy and the process of you moving towards something that you may want that's what unlayers all of you, right? Like, so to me, I think it's important to be 60% sure you want what you want and just run in that direction. Mm. Run in that direction, create in that direction and pay attention as you're moving in that direction because you can always change the flow of the river. You can always change the North Star you're heading to, but staying still waiting for that to happen is I think the biggest problem. So I do think that you can be somewhat clear beginning on, like by asking yourself why, Right? Like, why is one of the most powerful questions that I think most people just don't ask? Like, what do I want? Most people are so fixated on what they want. I want to become a doctor. I want this thing. I want this money. I want this house. I want this end result without really tapping into the energy behind why. Because mm. right? why is where the alchemy, the magic happens? Why is that super delicious place of feeling and purpose and passion? And it's like you're actually tapping back into yourself. Right. Like my first why was because I just didn't, I didn't like my first why was when Jerry passed. I didn't want that life. And I was looking at my dad. My dad came to the US with $60 in his pocket, classic immigrant story, and worked his entire life, never did anything for himself. And the idea of something like what happened to Jerry happening to my dad freaked me out and it scared me. And I was just like, I don't want that for him because I love him. So I tapped into the energy of love. And I was doing it for someone else, but that made me then move in a direction because I was like, you know what? I don't know what the hell I want to do, but I know that this is the right move. 
Right. And I was 60% sure. Like I just didn't, but I knew that I didn't want my parents to experience. I knew what the, I knew what I didn't want. Right. I was very, very, very sure of what I didn't want to happen. Like I was guaranteed, like, I don't want that to happen to my dad. So who the hell is going to tell him and how do I need to show him not to live that way? Well, I needed to be successful. Right? Like I needed to be the one that broke through the chains and broke this idea that you have to be in this corporate nine to five job for the rest of your life in order to be successful uh, or break this chain that you had to go get an MBA to be an entrepreneur or to break. I had to, like, I took it on myself and that's a lot of my own confidence and my own sort of faith in my ability, right? Like that goes back to that foundation of self-love that I was really raised on, right? right? Like it gave me the confidence to actually say, like, I can, I can do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen. But ultimately, the why, which was created by Jerry, created by my dad, created by these, these reasons, they may be externally sort of motivated, but they created a sense of internal fire, hmm. right? And I think we all have those things. Like you got yeah. kids, right? I bet your kids are a huge part of your why. Oh, the reason, right? Like the reason why you get up and do everything you do every day. And I'm sure anyone listening is going to have similar instances, whether it's parents whether it's causes, whether it's social injustices, whatever the thing it is in the climate that we're in right now or wherever you are, whatever sparks something in you, that feeling, pay attention. Love pay it. attention to those feelings because those feelings are truly what we're actually optimizing our life for. We are not optimizing our life for results. We are optimizing our life for things that help us come alive because in that aliveness is where true freedom exists. Right. I love that. You 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 gave so much value in there. I hope that people really listened to that and, and took notes of that, especially the last part about, you know, how we optimize our lives. And I truly believe that as well. Our lives are really built up off of energy. And where we get our energy from that positive energy is out of the feelings and the memories that we create. And so I think that nothing has ever been more true, especially in the time that we're living in right now. Hey, what's up, Dream Builder? Have you been getting any value out of this episode? Would you like to get more exclusive content just like this delivered right to your inbox? If so, head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com and you can sign up for the email list and that will give you access to exclusive content and more interviews just like this that's going to be delivered only to our tribe. So head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. Let's get back to it. One thing that I want to know from you is how important was community um, for everything that you did? Because you talked about your parents, but as you start to embark on this uncertain journey, right, that you now you're getting into entrepreneurship when the life that you knew up until you were 26, from the sounds of it, everybody was more in a stable environment, a stable role. Right. And now all of a sudden you're going to go off and you're going to do this. And yes, there's one thing to be said for knowing that it's in your heart, your soul, but there's another thing to be said for acting on it. And I feel like a lot of people don't act on it because they don't have the community. Maybe they're 100%. afraid of what their parents or their friends or whoever else may say. Yeah. What was that like for you? Did you have the community or if you didn't, how did you persevere through it? That's a great question, man. And I'm really glad you asked that because I will never say that I did this on my own. Like I, there's, there's not been, if there's, there's absolutely no way. I mean, cause here's the thing. I think most people confuse community and mentorship and the idea of having like-minded people around them with physical proximity. Hmm. 
right? Like you are not the average of the five people you spend your time with. You are the average of the five people you learn from. Mm. And it is not all, cause like, if you think about who do you spend the most time with, you spend time with your wife, with your kids, like you spend time maybe with like your, your, like it's, it's like there's physical proximity to people that make you happy, right. bring you joy. But the people you learn from, you can learn from afar. I remember my first mentors were Eric Thomas, right? Like Eric Thomas, I used to have Eric Thomas in my ears every day, right. just screaming in my ears that like, you know, let's get after it. Let's go. Gary V was in my ear every single day. Tony Robbins was in my ear every single day. I had, you know, I found these tracks on YouTube with like motivational music and Sylvester Stallone throwing Rocky stuff and Steve. Like, I was literally it's like, I had this, the spiritual gang around me, man, like of like right. these voices of their energies because of the internet and the access we have to all of this technology flowing through my ears, just feeding me with the things I needed to hear every single day. Love you know, it. I bought courses that had communities with other people that were also trying to change their lives, mm. right? Like there were all these people that were literally trying to change their lives. And I just leaned in there. They were all online. I had no physical community. Mm. I only had online community and I would meet up with my online masterminds every week and I would help them be, keep me accountable. I would, if there were Facebook groups or if there were things, I would be the one that put it on me to go post in there every week on what I learned and how much mm. action I took. And I would use that as fuel to, to, cause like, and I think that's really where it comes down to. Like there's so many resources at our disposal, but you have to put yourself out there. Right. And if you're having trouble taking action, one of the fastest ways to start taking action is telling other people you're going to do something. Mm. Power of accountability, man. I had an accountability buddy every single week that I would check in on. That was same values. We're like, we were both really hungry. And I would, and we had a goal, like, dude, like, like, I'm not letting you slip. You're not letting me slip. Right. And we would just keep each other going. And he's one of my best friends now. We're both massively successful. We have several companies. We both started from that place of nothing. Mm. And now, like, he's one of my best friends. And he's doing crazy stuff in the world. But it all started with that. Like it was, it was just a commitment to taking consistent action and finding just even one person that is of like of the like-minded interests. Like I promise you guys, like just because you're not physically surrounded by people that don't believe in the life you want for yourself, there's millions of people out there that are literally saying the same thing. Like, God, I wish I had somebody. Right. Facts. And you have to go and like put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's looking for this type of help. Right? Like, where do those people go for this type of help? Right. Where would they look? Who are they going to ask help for? How do they show up? And when you can start to recognize that the person you want to be exists in your mind already, you just need to figure out who that person is. Like, the person you want to be, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, well, what are the traits of a successful entrepreneur? Right. He takes lots of action. Maybe he's bold or he or she's bold. Maybe they have these qualities and these values. Well, you can channel that now. Right. Right. And, and before, and this is why I, I'm a huge believer in the power of visualization. And it's not about visualizing what you want. It's about knowing what you want and then visualizing the person you need to be to go get that thing. Facts. Right. Oh, yeah. And so when you visualize who that person is, it becomes very clear where the gaps are. Like, where are you not measuring up to this person? And who can you put yourself around? Who can you learn from? What practices can you implement in your day? What habits can you build? Where can you operate from so that you can then set yourself up in a way that can empower change within yourself? And when you show up as that person, you end up having the things that that person has. Like it's, it's, it's showing up as the person first 
consistently, which then creates the like reality always catches reality is always a few steps behind right. mindset. Like it's always the mindset. Mindset always happens first and then reality slowly catches up. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not so slow. When you make that jump, you make right. that commitment, change can happen overnight, but it takes time and you have to show up as that person in order for that to be there. Man, I, I love it. You're speaking so much. That's a whole bar in itself. Let me ask for, there's a lot of people out there that's like, yeah, it sounds good. You've made it already right now. But they love to see like people relate to them where they are. So my question to you would be, as you were preparing your mind, as you were always on your journey, and you, you are still on your journey. What was the biggest struggle that you think you had to overcome? And looking back at it now, if you could have, you know, did this even faster, it would have helped to scaled your success or at least where you are today. Man, I wouldn't change a damn thing about my journey. Um, Because, and there's lessons, sure, could I have done it faster? But I've learned to respect the fact and the idea that there are no skipping steps. Hmm. Like no matter how fast you want to get to the pendulum or to the to the promised land, like you can't skip steps in life. You can skip lessons that you'll have to come back and learn later, but each level is sequentially preparing you to do exactly what you need to do and learn the lessons you exactly need to learn so that you can be the human being that you need to be in this lifetime. And I'm pretty spiritual by nature. I believe that everything is unfolding exactly as it should. I believe in destiny. I believe that we all have this calling inside of us that our hearts are pulling us towards. And it's our job as human beings to listen Mm. and create in that direction. And the life that we live through that is going to have its own magical journey. But for me to go back and say that I would have done something different was doing a massive disservice to the journey that I had. Mm. Like I made the mistakes I did. I made lots of mistakes. I made mistakes of trusting people that I probably shouldn't have trusted. I made mistakes of not doing due diligence when I made my first orders. Um, I made the mistake of being afraid of asking for help. I made, mm-hmm. I made so many mistakes, but those mistakes had to be made in order for me to sit here with the vantage point now and for me to be who I am today. Because if I would have made any different choices, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I love who I am today. Love it. And if you love who you are today, And if you're proud of the person you are today, there's nothing you could have done differently. Sure, could you have done things in a way that maybe hurt less people? This is this goes beyond just business, though. This is like relationships, business, all of it, right? Like, could you have done things differently that may have led to less pain in other people's lives? Sure. But we're not optimizing our life for joy. We are optimizing our life for life. Right. Nobody goes through life unscathed. Right. If there's anything that COVID and all of this really this year has taught all of us, it's that we actually had no control. Right. It's it's a hard, it's a hard thing that mother nature really slapped everyone with, but like even like the goals I had in January, these really amazing resolutions that I made went out the window and everything changed overnight for a lot of people. And I think that's just the best reminder that, could we have done things better? Could we have prepared better? Could we have made different choices that would have led to different outcomes, you know, in hindsight? Of course. But uh, your current experience is the only thing that's real. And this experience today is dictated and influenced by so many choices that were good and bad, that created pain and love. Right. And in the concoction of all of that chaos, you're now living 
in a moment of truth, in a moment of, of, of expansion. And when we say present to that experience, I think life just gets really, really, really colorful. Man, that's, I love it. Talk, one thing that has sparked me with you is first thing is I understand exactly how you can build relationships, you know, because you could see the, you can hear and see the authenticity every time that you speak. But one other thing that sparks me is you've been able, now you said you have about seven or eight different businesses. And for a lot of people, the struggle has always been, should I specialize in this one thing or should I go out there and try to do multiple things? Talk to me about what is your opinion on being a specialist versus a generalist? Well, it depends on your life goals. Uh, I tend to think of myself as a renaissance man. I mean, I do stand-up comedy. I speak. Like, I love, like, I just love doing a lot of things. I'm just So what would you say life. to the people that say that, you know, you can never be dominant at that one thing because you're only giving, you know, one-tenth of yourself to all of these different things? Let me ask you, brother. Are you only a dad? Like, no. do you define yourself as a dad? Yeah, absolutely. In some areas of your life, what else do you define yourself as? I define myself as a businessman. I define okay. myself as a husband. I define okay. myself as a relationship builder. I okay. define myself as a real estate agent, a real estate okay. investor. I, okay. I, yeah, I mean, I define myself as a lot of different things. So, for sure. so I just want to, so, and I want to say that the first four of those were personal. Right. Right. And so whether somebody says they're a specialist or not, you're actually many things. Hmm. You're already many things. The right. same things that work in business don't work in relationships. The same relentless ambition and drive that may have led to you making lots of money would actually probably destroy a healthy relationship. Right. Right. And so it's different skill sets. And so for me, what I tend to recognize and I've realized in my life is that I am the common denominator in everything. Hmm. So whether I'm specializing in one aspect of life, I'm still the common denominator in all these different aspects of life. And so if that's true, then the really the only thing I should be specializing in is me. Wow. It's being the best version of myself right. and showing up fully in everything that I do and building the skill sets necessary for me to excel at whatever I put my mind towards or wherever I put my focus towards or wherever I focus my energy on. And I think that then dict that's dictated by the vision for your life. Like, what is your vision for your life? Like, do you like, it's not about what you do. It's about what you want to live. Like, what do you want to experience in your life? Right? Like I want to experience a lot of things in my life. I want to experience true love. I want to experience fatherhood, massive monetary success. I want to, I want to experience art. I want to experience culture. I want to experience travel. I want to experience food. I want to experience music and creation and partnership and collaboration and dance. And like, in order for me to, that's my vision for my life. I know what yeah. I want to experience. How the hell am I going to experience that by being a specialist at any one thing? Mm. Right? So I think having a clear vision for your life will then backtrack. And if you don't feel like you can accomplish that vision, that's a confidence piece. That's then the piece that you need to build and you need to grow. And whatever helps you build confidence, whether it's success or getting really good at something, like I think specialization works for like for people because it it allows them to get good at something. And when you get good at something, you feel good about yourself. Right. Right. So like if that's a journey you need to take in order for you to feel like you can do anything, then go for it. But you feeling good about yourself and you feeling like you can do anything, that's actually the ultimate thing to build. Yeah. Because when you can build that, 
like, why would you pick one life? Right. Like, like, like you know, like agree. any sane person, like, unless you just totally love this one thing and you want to dedicate your entire life to it. Great. You don't have to, if you don't want to, you can dedicate a season of your life to this one thing. But again, you are the common denominator, right? Like most people attach themselves to the work that they do. You are not the work that you do. The work that you do and the value you create in the world is one thing. You, on the other hand, are just so inherently valuable for being alive, hmm. just as a human life. And when you truly embody that and understand that, then all the things you do are just spokes off of this actual power source of identity and authenticity that is you. And that's your essence. And that's your soul. And that's what, that's what speaks volumes. And that's what shows up. That's what people feel through your work. Right. Right. You can have a real estate company. If I started a real estate company, it would be a very different energy. Right. Right. If you started a coffee company and I started a coffee company, it'd be a very different energy. Sure. So I think it's just important for anybody listening to understand and recognize that just because you choose one path for a season of your life does not mean it's permanent. Mm. And that goes back to the 60% thing. If you're 60% sure that this is something you want to get really good at, then get really good at it. Are there things you can get good at that can then be translated across multiple things if you choose to change your mind? Sure. Like I think entrepreneurship, I think business, I think like marketing, I think things like like different facets of financial, like just knowing finances and understanding money. Like there are certain things that I think are great overarching things to learn and get specialized in. But to me, it's it really is about just following your curiosity and following that 60%. As long as you're 60% sure, why the hell not? And if you need to be, I mean, if you need to be higher than that, I just use 60 for me. Like, you know, right. if you feel like 60 is failing, that's an F on a test, then go to an 80. Or go to a 90, like a 90 is still an A, right? If you got a 90 on a test in college, would you be happy? Right. Like, right? Like you didn't care about getting 100. You just wanted a 90 to get the 4.0. So like, for sure, you know, like it's not about perfection. It's about understanding and listening and knowing that we're all human beings on this beautiful game of life, unfolding things as we go. And we get to change our minds as we choose. And, and if, as long as you have a clear vision, not even a goal or a destination, just a vision for how you want to live, then that can and will dictate everything else you do. You talked about in the beginning, um, you were listening to a lot of Tony Robbins. I'm sure you heard Jim Rohn and you've mentioned mm. so many other great people, E.T. Was there ever one book or podcast or even YouTube video that you came across that you always would recommend to someone who's trying to live a life by their design? Who? so I can tell you my, the most the most impactful books I had early on in my journey. Cause I think yeah. that's most helpful. I have different books that have shown up for me at different parts of my life. But if you only got one, if I'm trying to blaze my path, like Raj, what's that book that you got to recommend to me? I mean, just bro, one for our, our work week or our like, work week. Damn. I mean that, that book really, I mean, I remember in the book, um, he talked about like the first chapter or the first few chapters, he was talking about how he retires every three months. Mm -hmm. That one idea rocked my world because I was like what do you mean you retire every three months oh yeah I work really hard and then I retire for three months and I go do something special like learn horseback archery or go compete in the world tango competition or and I was just like dude that's a that's a life right like, that's a sure. cool life and like I think that was the first thing that just broke me open it was like wow like there's people out there that actually live like this and it just, it opened my eyes so much. And 
after that, I had lots of other books, you know, Napoleon Hill and, you know, lots of guys that came in and gave me lots of, you know, one of the things I really recommend everybody when they first start out is make your money first. Hmm. Like, don't worry about following your passion yet. Like, find your purpose, your, your why. Get really clear on that why, like why you want to make money. Go make your money. Sell whatever the hell you have to sell. Obviously, don't be like unethical and don't right. hurt people, right? Those are that being said. But, you know, go build your chops as an entrepreneur. Create some freedom and choice for yourself. Once you have money flowing in, then you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. Like you can literally live anywhere you want, especially in the world of internet marketing and being an online entrepreneur. Like I've lived out of a laptop for the last three years. Like I work from beaches. I work from, I have team members all over the globe in like five different continents that just work wherever they want. And like, I, I mean, I was just in the mountains for, for, for a month. I, I felt like I wanted to get out of Austin and go up to nature. So I flew up to the mountains, got myself a cabin, did some meditation, some journaling, some visioning you know, some creative writing. And I felt refreshed. I came back and now I'm back in Austin and I'm probably going to go to San Diego next week and spend a month there. Like, because I can. And that's, but that's, that's my life. That's what I've chosen. And you all have that choice. All of you have the choice once you create the opportunity for yourself. So just get relentlessly passionate about the journey of freeing yourself from yourself and the world around you and let the world just and then let everything else fall into place because i promise you when you start operating from integrity and freedom doors just open up and your passions find you you don't even go have to look you don't have to go looking for anything hmm. you start living from your heart everything is a magnet and you just become this incredible sort of receiver for just all the opportunities that you get to say yes or no to and that's just a beautiful way to live. And I think Tim Ferriss has really inspired a way of living for our generation, really, um, over the last 10 to 15 years of people really leaning into that truth. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of the four-hour work week, and it definitely had a huge impact on me changing my mindset along with Rich Dad, Poor Dad and many other mm-hmm. books. Um, the last thing that I have is there's somebody out there right now that's super inspired by you. They love your journey. They want to blast that. They want to blaze their path of being that Renaissance man, that digital nomad. But they are, they have that little voice in their head. And that little voice says that they're not strong enough. They're not smart enough. Or maybe they just don't have enough resources. What's the one thing that you say to that person to get them to just take action? Fear is a really interesting thing uh, because the voice in your head never actually matches the voice in your heart. Hmm. You don't need to be 100% capable of being successful. You just need to be at least 51% sure that you can do this over not. So stop shooting to not have the voice in your head. Because that voice in your head is always going to be there. I have that voice in my head every single day. So lower the bar. Hmm. You don't need that voice in the head to be gone. You just need to be at least 51% sure that the voice in your head isn't actually representing what you truly are capable of. Hmm. And if you're not to that point yet, pick up some quick wins. Right, like there's ways to build up confidence in yourself and your abilities, whether it's by just micro taking micro actions, like 
committing to something or going and getting in shape or, or making a promise to yourself and keeping it. I mean, there's so many small ways to just get the party started, but you don't need to be a hundred percent sure about anything in life. Hmm. You just need to be a little more sure than you're not. And I think as long as anybody listening can really lean into that, you're going to live a deliciously magical life and you're always going to play in the realm of possibility. And are you going to fail? Absolutely. Are you going to look like a fool? Probably. But feeling the emotions that come from that are all part of life too, because nobody goes through life unscathed. And to me, it's not about living an unscathed life because that's living a safe life. To me, it's about having the courage to live a life where you're not afraid to feel anything at all. There's absolutely no emotion, no fear, nothing that you're not afraid to at least feel and do something about anyways. I love it, man. There you have it. Dream Nation, I hope that you've gotten so much value as I have out of this. Rewind this, take down more notes. For anybody who wants to stay connected with you, where can they find you at? I'm on social media. Uh, obviously, I've got my own podcast, Stay Grounded, on iTunes, Spotify, all over the world. Um, you can go to my website, rajhonor.com. I have a newsletter that I send stuff out to. I'm on social media, on Instagram. I go on LinkedIn. I mean, just uh, anyway, just come say hi. Like, I'm I'm always, I'm just around, man. I'm living. And if you're ever in Austin, uh, let me know. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, just keep living and uh, and keep in touch. Absolutely. But there you have it, Dream Nation. Remember, in the dream we trust, but we must take action. Otherwise, it'll only merely be a fantasy. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.